Hello, and welcome to episode six of Intuitive Bites. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman. I'm a registered dietitian specializing in intuitive eating and health at every size. And I'm also the creator of the Intuitive RD on Instagram. If you're not following me, you can find me on Instagram under the handle at the intuitive underscore RD. And you can also reach out to me by email. My address is theintuitiverd at gmail.com. If you don't know already, I do have an intuitive eating course available, which you can find through the bio of my Instagram page. If you click on the link in there, the link tree, it'll bring you to a separate page where you can sign up for the course. Uh, The course is perfect for newbies to intuitive eating, um, those who have not read the book yet but are really interested in learning more about the 10 principles and really just getting that foundational level of knowledge uh, on the topic. So definitely reach out to me if, if you have questions on that or go ahead and sign up if you're interested. So today I have an amazing episode for you guys. I'm talking to Christina Bruce. Christina is a certified integrative life coach and she is an advocate of health at every size. She has education in health studies, sociology, yoga, meditation, and the work of Byron Katie. And Christina works one-on-one with people to help reconnect them to their bodies and feel more confident and accepting within themselves. She is absolutely awesome. Um, You're going to love this conversation. Um, Today, we are talking about the concept of using food as fuel and how this can be a really tricky concept for some people um, and how it really can serve to disconnect us from our bodies if we think of food as strictly fuel, right? So of course food is fuel, um, but if we limit it down to only being that, um, it can it can really be a disservice to us. So I think you're going to love this conversation. Uh, it's really great. It went on uh, for about 30 minutes uh, because we just couldn't stop chatting. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good one. Uh, so here it is without further ado. Uh, let me know what you're thinking of the podcast. Um, you know, on iTunes, you can, you can leave a review. You can rate it. Um, you can definitely subscribe if you're loving the episodes so you can keep getting uh, new ones. Um, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Christina. Hey, Christina, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. Enjoying the lovely weather in Connecticut this weekend. <laughs> Where are you at again? Nice. I'm in Toronto. It's lovely weather here too, up in Canada. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> it's always nice to have a nice weekend in July, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you're joining me for the podcast today. And we have a, a pretty cool topic, um, which I, I found by kind of scrolling through some of your recent posts. And I thought it'd be fun to chat about, um, which is this idea of, you know, food as fuel. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm sure you do as well. So, um, yeah, maybe we can just kind of jump right in. And, and if you could just give me your thoughts, like your immediate thoughts on this, this idea and uh, how you think this might be problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all the thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because like food is fuel. Like we we need it to survive. Uh, but I think where it gets really where I think it's gotten problematic is that we've started to disassociate food from what else it can be in our lives. So when we just see it as fuel, we start to look at ourselves as as robots. <laughs> and like that that's all we are we're just machines and we're not machines yes right. like we have a body but we also have emotions and a mind and and fuel is our fuel food is fuel but it's so much more than that like it's also pleasure and it's connection and it's part of our familial history and its memories and its sensation and experience. And when we start to just treat fuel, like, or I keep calling it fuel, <laughs> food, like it's only fuel, we can become really disconnected from all of the other elements that I think are really necessary to our holistic well-being. And I think that we've started to look at food as only fuel and disconnected these other elements from it because we are conditioned to fear fat mm. and getting bigger. And a lot of pleasurable foods can be rich and higher in calorie content. So I think that that's kind of where we've started to, um, look when we start just looking at calories and start to controlling our food intake we see it by calling oh it's just fuel it's a way that we can rationalize um, the way that we limit this from from our experience of eating yeah that's so interesting yeah um i think you're you're totally right about it and i didn't actually think about it that way that you know, if we can, it's almost like safe to call it fuel um, because if we're just kind of, like you said, robotic and putting in quote unquote what we need and only that, then, you know, that won't lead to quote unquote, it wouldn't lead to um, overindulging on, on foods and then it wouldn't lead to this fatness that we're, we have so much fear around. Um, and I always, I was thinking about it and, you know, this idea, um, this idea that, that food is fuel, it's just, it kind of reminds me of just like the reductionism of nutrition, how it's become so like limited down to these component pieces and like nutrition science. I'm all about nutrition science. Of course, like I, I got a lot of education on that in my, my program, becoming a dietitian, but it's not helpful for the lay person, but that's exactly what has happened that we're, we're counting all these tiny little nutrients. And like you said, that's disconnecting us from our bodies. You know, it's just becoming like this input output and what, how can we perfect this? Um, and that's not really telling us how we're, how much we're enjoying the food, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and it gets me thinking too, where, you know, nutrition science is important and it, and it can be used um, in really specific cases. But when, we when we're looking at food as just fuel, it disconnects us from our intuition. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, like with toddlers, if we were just to introduce them to a variety of different foods, they would naturally eat 
a balance in a balanced way Mm -hmm. because they would start to, their bodies would start to connect and understand that if I eat certain foods, I'm going to be getting certain nutrients, but we've, and so they will like just, Mm -hmm. they're not, you know, kids aren't just going to eat only donuts and ice cream all day, which is the fear that parents have that Mm -hmm. if I just give this, that's all they're going to eat. No, like if they were to just be left to eat what they want, um, but given a wide variety of fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds, all that kind of good stuff, um, they would naturally eat that because their bodies would require it. Um, and so when we, but we, but we're so afraid of that, like yeah. we don't trust ourselves anymore. We don't, we don't trust that we can, that our body's going to get what it needs. And so we get all in our mind about it. And that's when we come complete, become completely disconnected from, um, ourselves. And I know this from my own experience, like when I was really fearing foods and looking at it as just fuel, I was so stressed all the time about what I was eating and I was not relaxed and Mm -hmm. it cut me off from enjoying so much experiences in my life, like having dinner with my friends and going to potluck dinners because I brought my own freaking temporary of like, (laughs) you know, approved food. And I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't an enjoyable experience. And when I look at it, I'm like, you know, this is life. Like food is very much a part of our life. And when we become very mechanistic about it, we, we lose a huge piece of that enjoyment of life. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is just like, it's so robotic, um, to, to say that we could, we can eliminate. And I I feel like, to be honest, like it's such a big part of our culture altogether now to just take emotion and mental health out of the picture. So it's like, okay, if we just like can reduce it down to, um, this equation, then we don't have to think about all the, the emotions that are, are going into this, which I think makes, has made us feel safer, but it's created a problem because then when you talk about food as fuel and then you, then like you said, like you start to overthink it and then it becomes harder to just have this healthy, fun relationship to food because you start feeling like shame and guilt around having pleasure in your eating. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I mean, this is like, this is such a a deep topic because my mind's just that spinning of like all the different <laughs> connections of, of where it can go. Um, you know, like the one aspect that comes up for me right now is how our culture is like, kind of has a, not a great relationship with this idea of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of shame around pleasure and, and how we can experience it in, in different aspects of our life. And we're, we're taught in a way like, okay, it's only good to some degree, but then we've got to get very kind of, oh, what would be the word? Like, I don't know, uh, rigid, rigid about it. Like you got to get, get back on track and keep things in line. And it's like this idea of like, what, well, what would happen if we actually, you know, indulged in pleasure? Uh-huh. You know, I think we have this idea we're very black and white yes. um, and we swing from, from far ends of the pendulum. Um, but if we can actually just allow ourselves this pleasure and not fear it through this restrict and then what ends up being a binge right. um, cycle, we come into a natural balance 
that allows, that allows for both. And that's been my experience when I was treating food as only fuel. I was on one far side of the pendulum. And when I, because eventually, you know, my body is, cause we're not robots. Um, my body's going to crave having more different varieties of food in my life. And I would binge, mm-hmm. I would then now think, okay, I can't trust myself. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to go back now and be rigid. But since doing that, like, yes, I had to go all the way to the other side when I stopped, um, you know, micromanaging my mm-hmm. food intake. But now I'm more in a healthy balance in the middle. And I'm now allowing myself to have pleasure. And because of that, I don't binge anymore. Yeah. Like, like I feel like it's so ironic that you have to go through this period of kind of, like you said, like the pendulum swimming, swinging to the other side of kind of binging, overeating, indulging because you've restricted for so long. Like that there's this fear because it's like, oh my gosh, I really, I can't trust myself. Like this is what's going to happen if I let loose the reins. But it's ironic because if you do let loose and you get through that period, you're going to find a place of just being happy and healthy and not having to obsess so much around food. Yeah. And and like another thing too is, again, we, we, when we treat our bodies like this machine, mm. we think that if it's like a car, okay, well, we're going a certain distance and it's going to use this certain amount of fuel. <laughs> but that's not the case with us. Like our lives are so fluid and they change. And as we age and activity and what we're doing, we need different amounts at different times excuse me, and our nutrient requirements, it's not like day to day. It's not like over, you know, within 24 hours, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we've depleted all of our nutrients and now we have to start again the next day. No, like it's over the course of, you know, weeks that our bodies require different nutrients and use them at different ways. So we can't treat ourselves like we're machines. And, And therefore when we just, yeah, that's when we get into trouble and, and we start to, you know, mentally become obsessed and start to get into eating disorders and mm-hmm. um, which are, you know, mental disorders because we're treating food in a way that it was really never intended to be utilized. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about that reminded me of, you know, just the idea of like, you know, cal- caloric meal plans. Like I always felt even before I got into like the non-diet approach, like I always felt really just like unsettled by the idea of giving somebody a 50, you know, I'm not even going to say a number, but some calorie diet to eat every single day. And this is, you know, when you reach this, that's it. That's all you can do because, oh my God, every single day, even if you're not exercising a ton, like you're moving differently and you're doing different things. Like how could we expect that every single day you're going to need the same amount of quote unquote fuel, right? Like that's just crazy. It's it's, it's ridiculous when you think of it. And and if we ever think of our own experience with it, it's like some days when I was following calorie restricted plans, you know, some days I would be really hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Like get to the end of my calories and I'm like, Oh God, like I I hope I can fall asleep. (laughs) sleep and just, you know, I can eat again the next day. Like I would, I would dream, Mm. oh my gosh, like I can remember now just, I'm just like remembering just how much I wanted. I would like go to bed 
really excited for breakfast Mm -hmm. because I was so deprived. And then there were other days when it would be fine because maybe, you know, I, I, I didn't need as much that day, but, but, oh, wow. Like when we just, when we don't listen to our bodies and honor that fluctuation, it just causes a lot of unnecessary distress and, and disordered behavior around food. Yeah, totally. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, this concept, it reminded me of this time um, in college, I was an athlete. And I remember a trainer of mine said this to uh, my team, he said, you know, I eat to live, I don't live to eat. And but I guess in at that period of my life, I I was restricting and I was really obsessed around food. And for me, I was like, oh my God, no, like for me, I'm totally living to eat. Like I'm thinking about food constantly and like how terrible of a person am I that I can't just eat to live and kind of, you know, kind of reduce it that way. Yeah. And and even there, like when I'm just thinking, and I guess it depends on how, how we're looking at what he said. Um, Mm. Yeah. Like for some, I'm just thinking for some people, maybe a chef or someone who just really loves food, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that can, and that pers- like kind of looking at it through this lens, that could really be a big part of their mm-hmm. life. So yeah, they're, they're, they're eating to live, but they're also in a way living to eat because, yeah. you know, depending again, like this is where food is also creativity and food is the expression of a skill and Mm -hmm. art. And so that could be a part of their life. Like they could be living to eat if, if that is very much a part of their, of their creative expression and their skill and their enjoyment. And that gets taken out of it when we say we can only eat certain types of foods and, you know, whole categories of foods are off limits. Mm -hmm. My gosh, like, sure, people have gotten really creative in trying to mimic certain foods. (laughs) Right. It's so so funny. I, there's this, there's this, um, I was like a restaurant. It's not a restaurant. It's like a cafe on my street that is very much, um, I call it now like the disordered eating cafe. <laughs> oh God. Because it oh, God. very much specializes in providing foods that uh, comply with certain diets. Uh-huh. And I look at him like, wow, this place would have been a Mecca for me when mm-hmm. I was heavy into my disordered eating because it was all the quote unquote safe foods. So anyways, they have these donuts, quote unquote donuts <laughs> that, you know, are, are supposed to be that they fit this certain diet plan. And I would have been all over that. And so I thought I went in there one day because it's the closest place to me that has a smoothie, even though I, I still like have internal, like, I don't want to support <laughs> this anymore. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> really because because you know again when you when you trust yourself you're Mm -hmm. not just gonna eat like ice cream all day I was craving a smoothie and I didn't have the ingredients at home to make it so I walked to this place to buy it and I thought I'm gonna try this quote-unquote donut 
<laughs> and I ate it and I was like, oh my God, like this tastes so not good. <laughs> and, I, and I would have, I bet I would have enjoyed it when I was in disordered eating because I was so restricted that like any, <laughs> any semblance of something that was enjoyable tasted good to me because my my framework for what was actually delicious had shifted so so dramatically because you were like hungry because I was just (laughs) desperate like like like, if we think about it it's like we're, we're we're then content with crumbs because this is all that we're allowing ourselves to have and anyway so I was just thinking of like oh my god I I almost I think I maybe threw out half of it like it was, it was, a, of course it was a small donut because heaven forbid you have a big one, but it, it was, I threw it out. Cause I was like, I'm no longer, I no longer am allowing myself to not enjoy food anymore. Like I'm not just going to eat something because it like, tastes like, tastes like cardboard. Right. Like, <laughs> like there's no reason to finish that. Like if you're not going to get the pleasure yeah. from it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a very, like, thankfully I was in a very, like I, my, my, my privilege is showing here. Like I was in a very privileged place to be able to mm-hmm. throw out half of a ridiculously expensive piece of tiny donut. Let's also right. talk about that. Right. True. Yes. Really expensive to make, right? Like when you have to ground almonds to make, oh I don't know God. what. Right. Anyways, it just, <laughs> It was, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Of, I don't remember where I started, but just this memory of like what I would now uh, have allowed myself, you know, the point is, is I, I will not eat that anymore. I can only eat regular donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me, me too. Absolutely. I'm on but the same shockingly, page. I don't eat them all because <laughs> I know I can have them at any time and I don't yes. crave them anymore like I used to. And I sometimes, yeah, it's like when we allow ourselves to do this, we realize, oh, maybe if I eat too much of something, I don't feel so good. So if mm-hmm. I was just eating donuts all day, you can, you know, bet your ass I'd want a salad the next day because I'm craving something fresh. Like it's right. just, we don't trust ourselves anymore. Yes. And when we, when we see food as only fuel, like we lose, we lose all of that connection with our instincts and, and flavor and texture. And it's so dull. Like life is just so dull. Right. It's so, it's so true. Like when we have this fear around food, like we, it doesn't, it'll, it, you know, this fear creates this distrust that we assume, like, if I had, you know, the ability to eat donuts whenever I wanted, I would just be eating, you know, donuts, like 15 donuts a day. But it's such a paradox, because when we give ourselves the permission, that goes away after that period of kind of like making up for the restriction. But it's, it's just, you're right, it's just rooted in all this distrust that we have in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think we, you know, we do these diets because there's so much misinformation and fear mongering mm-hmm. around, around food. And so we think if I, if I treat food in a certain way, then I'm going to live longer. Yeah. Right? I think that's what it comes down to is we think I'm going to be healthier and I live longer. And I look at it now and I'm like, but living how though? Like, do I want to live so much longer if my life is very small, if it becomes now only about food and like, cause it takes a lot of time when like, out of our day and energy to 
when we see food this way. Like we have to almost go against our natural instincts in order to create a life where we're, where we're treating food only as fuel. But then like, you know, I think it creates kind of a really small, small life. And, Mm -hmm. and this is just reminding me too, because I'm rereading the book body respect Okay. Right now with, you know, Linda, Linda Bacon and yep. Lucy Aframore and, you know, just coming through and they were saying food, like health behaviors, which food is one part of and how we eat accounts for only 25% of our overall, of overall what impacts our health. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's like, it, it's such a small component of of what actually keeps us healthy. And yet we can spend a huge amount of our life trying to control it. Yeah. And I feel like that number, I think would shock a lot of people because of the information we get from everywhere around us telling us like, no, if you eat right and you exercise the right amount, quote unquote, if you eat right, you know, or you exercise the right amount, like that's it. You can completely control how your health is going to be and, and, and all that. But that number 25% is like, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be spending, you know, 80% of our day trying to um, control this thing. Yeah. And I mean, that 25%, like food is, is a portion of that 25%. Like health behaviors also include movement. So Mm -hmm. exercise, but also things like smoking or drinking, Mm -hmm. um, how much sleep we get. Like it's such like, that's a small component of what actually impacts our health. And so I just look at it when I look at the, the cost and the, and the benefits mm-hmm. of treating fuel so, you know, mechanically like we do. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for me, at least, it took me a long time to come to realize that the costs were way bigger than the rewards. Yes. And so now, you know, being able to enjoy food for all that it's worth. Mm-hmm. Now my life is like, I mean, it's so funny. People tell me now, you're just so much more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, and it's funny because in some degrees, like my life is, I'm dealing with a lot of, of there's, my life is very full right now. I have a lot on my plate. Yeah. My days are packed. And yet, apparently, <laughs> coming across to other people, I'm more relaxed. And so I have to wonder, my gosh, like what an impact trying to control my food um, actually had on me. And we all know stress and chronic stress has such a negative impact on our oh, health. Yeah. And so we think that by controlling our food and treating it like fuel, mm. that it's actually going to make us healthier. And, and I would, I would actually really question that, right. really question that. And to some degree, I, I'd say it's actually making us unhealthy. Yeah. And you, you know, just one last note to make, it kind of made me think of this, like that change that happened for you when you changed your, your relationship, um, you, your connection to other people improved, which mm. also is so big for our health as well. So, you know, That's such a good point. 
Yeah. I, you just, like I didn't even think about that. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's amazing. Like it's like twofold. Like your relationship to food improve, also your relationship and your connection and that depth um, in your relationships to other people improve, which is oh, that's so amazing. Which also impacts oh, our health. Yes, and healthier and, and enjoy. And it's all about quality of life. Like we're just here to enjoy life. And yes, yeah, yes. thank you for noticing that. I didn't even think about that. Such a great point. Yeah, perspective we get from talking with each other. It's great. <laughs> Um, Christina, um, I want to keep talking with you, but I'm going to keep true to my short episodes and, and cut us off here. But I want to thank you so, so much for having this conversation with me. I think it's, it's been great. Yeah, such a great chat. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Talk to you soon, okay? Okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode six of Intuitive Bites. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode as much as I did, which you probably did if you made it this far to the end of the the episode today. Um, So look out for some new episodes coming out in the next few weeks with some more awesome non-diet professionals. And let me know what you're thinking of the podcast. Again, please take a moment if you have it to rate, review, subscribe. Um, Don't think of this as just like white noise (laughs) because it it really does make a difference if you, you take a moment to do that. Uh, And that's it for today, guys. So look out for another episode coming soon. All right, take care.